to receive nothing. Seriously. (laughs) This is like one of the most economical, pared down, non-event, non-experience that you can't have. And that's why that's what that's the greatest news of all. Because you, if you can't have it, you can't lose it. Yeah? You don't need to prepare for it. Well, you you already have the quality that's needed, which is the ability to entertain, and you just match it with hearing about a possibility. Yeah? And if this is sort of like uh, this is a message, it's not a dissertation. Yeah? Sort of like if you broke your if your car broke down if you're an old car and you had a carburetor and stuff and uh, you're with a friend your car broke down and you were trying to start it and then it wasn't turning over so your friend got out and you had a gas can in the back in the trunk and you open the thing take the air filter out and then he's sitting there and then he's you're, he's telling you to start pumping and you're turning it and then he just puts a couple of drops of gas in the carburetor and then you're pumping and turn the key and then it catches sometimes yeah. Now, if you keep pouring gas in, you flood it again. This is what this message is. This message doesn't need 12 hours of intensive study. You hear it, and then hopefully there's a gap, and then your mind entertains it, and you start having an intimate sense of how it is by seeing through it, yeah? And then you get have it repeated again. And a message can be repeated many, many, many times over. And an invitation can be repeated many, many, many times over. But it doesn't need a dissertation. It doesn't need 10 days of 12 hours of day hearing this because this, doesn't, this isn't about more. Yeah? This isn't about more. It's not even about receiving anything. Just like... And when I use this term selfing, if you've listened to the talks... Selfing is, is the identification as a self. Yeah? So there's a mental process that is a di- identification is a identifying as a self. It's not identifying as and then a noun called self. There is no noun. It's just a verb. Identification as a self. Yeah. So you're not bonded to a self and you don't need to be unbonded to it. The, the highest level the self can uh, find is appearance. It cannot make the next leap into existing. It can only appear to exist to us. Yes, And everything can only appear or disappear, basically. Because this whole place is truly seemingly. Which the definition of seemingly is that it appears to be true or false to you. So in a way, you and I are giving all the meaning it has. So this, there's a verb that the mental process is doing. When we were kids, when we were babies... I should record this, yeah, yeah. When we were babies, supposedly, and we're just using a subjective language, but it's an object using it. So when I say when we were babies, there isn't any we that were babies, yeah? But I don't, you know, we'd have to change the whole language, and then to me that's too much work. So when, so when we were babies, there was no sense of that sense of, of self, and there was no other. And then around 18 months, there was a mental process that kicks in that starts producing the sense of self, yeah? that aligns with the self with this, the language center. And the thing is, you don't have any memories when you were a young kid, yeah? And the memory is a very, very important aspect of the sense of self, because self does not exist now. Yeah. It has to be remembered. What so does not have to be remembered. Remembered. You can't forget it. It already is. It's complete in and of itself. But what isn't so has to be remembered. 
So what selfing does, it's just a verb going on, it's, you see it in your thought pattern all day. The selfing implies and insinuates and infers that there's a self there. Yeah? It's always in pointing at you, and it's, it never can actually, there is no t- you to be pointed at, but it infers and assumes and implies, and then our minds do the rest. They make the leap into the sense of self. Yeah? And so what does it do? The thought system thinks about you, and if you look at the thought system, how does it picture you? How does the, how, how does the thought pic- system picture you? It pictures you as a body, yes? So when you think about you three weeks ago, how do you see yourself in the mind? As a body. Because you can't see your spirit three weeks ago. You can't say, oh, my spirit was feeling bad five years ago, and I'm hoping my spirit will feel really good three years from now. It's ridiculous. It's the body, yeah? So the thought system pictures you as a body, and then it thinks about you in the past, and then it thinks about you in the future as the body, and it remembers you in the past, and it remembers you by thinking about you in the future, and it remembers you when? Now. That's what happens. It remembers you by thinking about you in the past, and remembers you by thinking about you in the future, but the remembrance, the only effect it can have is right now. Yeah? So self has to be remembered. So that's why St. Francis says it, it's in self-forgetting that you're reborn. Yes? That's why Dogen, the great Zen master from Japan, said to study the self, to study Buddhism is to study the self, and to study the self is to forget the self. Yeah? Why does forgetting the self work? Because it's being remembered. Yeah? It doesn't have an existence right now. That's why the last place the thought system wants to have you is right now. That's why if you look at what your thought system values, does it value this moment more than the past? Does it value this moment more than the future? No. The value it has is in the past and the future because that's how it can remember you. It's all blown out of the water if you're actually here. And how can you not be here? There's five gates of consciousness flooding right now. They're seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. And the sixth gate of the, of the consciousness of thoughts is occurring. And this is like, all of, when we were kids, how, how much did you feel today? How many things did you actually touch today? How many things did you smell today? It's, got, it's like, you ever see those dogs when they have mange and they put those cones on their heads? It's like, the, all the, we've forgotten the five gates and we're up into this one, the hell gate, really. Because this one isn't, this one's happening now, but it's about there and then. Yeah? And we get absorbed in here and we forget this. And this is the anchor that gives us an immunity to all of that there and then. Yeah? If, you, if, this isn't, if you're not here, which inherently you are, that's the solution. It's not like there's anything you need to do to prepare to be here. Yeah? This whole idea of these books, you know, how to get into the moment. Yeah? Yeah, have you ever read one of those books? <laughs> have you ever read the whole book? How do you get into the moment? And then you, you usually skim through it and you go to the next thing, how to really, really get into the moment. And then how to really, really, really get into the moment. Yeah? But I'm saying you can't be out of a moment. It's impossible. You are the moment. Without you, there is no moment. 
And I don't care if you're saying, well, I was really spaced out. The surveillance camera has you there. Yeah. Yeah. So this whole idea of getting into the moment and trying to get more into the moment and preparing yourself for the moment, this blows my mind. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) It just blows my mind. Preparing myself to be more in the moment is just... It's just pledging allegiance to the belief I could be out of the moment. You've lost it. <laughs> At that point, you've lost. In a sense that all trying to get into the moment is a form of being out of the moment. Yeah? All the preparation to get into moment is, a, is actually a form of being out of the moment. Yeah? It's not like at these talks, I have a get ready, get set, go room. You know, I go in at three o'clock in the afternoon and I try to do whatever, you know, to get more in the moment or prepare myself. And then it's, all right, I'm getting ready. (laughs) And then I'm, get set. And then, when? Go! You know? It's already, it's, before I sit down, it's already so. Yeah? What's always already so doesn't need an afterthought to prepare itself for it. If you just entertain the possibility, yes, it's already present. Yeah. If you're on this side, your, your mental process is playing God with what you would call God. So like Ramana Maharshi said a beautiful statement. He says, to know God is to be God. To know God is to be God. What happens with us when we know God? We become a knower of God. Yeah? What's bigger there? The God that we know or the knower of the God? The knower of the God. You're still fucking relevant. Yeah? And this is the point. I mean, there should be a program for spiritual seekers, like a 12-step program. Spiritual seekers are the where they, they, you cannot go on another retreat. <laughs> you cannot buy another freaking DVD and see another teacher. Cold turkey, I swear to God, you would cold turkey. <laughs> no Tibetan bells, nothing. Just sort of like, just the mundane aspects of life. That would be the greatest retreat. Go to Kmart ten days in a row. <laughs> and see how you do then. <laughs> so in recovery, some people here are from recovery. I suffered from alcoholism, which is to me just an extreme example of self-centeredness. Yeah? And I believe the first addiction is the mind's addiction to the idea of being a self. Yeah? The problem with that is it can never be a self. It's something already other than that. It's not a form, like Jesus says, you're in this world, but you're not of this world. You're not of thingness. You're not of time, yes? You're not of separation, but you seem to be in it, yeah? So that addiction to self, the mind has a desire, and if you've ever had a desire, you see what happens when it's thwarted? What occurs when your desires are thwarted? You go home, eat a lot of ice cream maybe, or something else, or act out in another way. Here's this, the mental process, desiring to become what it can never become. Yeah? But it lies to us so much that you're also desiring to unbecome what you think you are. So all day, you're desiring to become what you want to become, and you're trying to unbecome what you think you are. It's like a slinky. Yeah? One after the other, after the other, after the other. It generates its own energy by the movement towards and from. That's what it does, yeah? 
Yeah? It can never fulfill. It's never going to reach climax. It's never crescendo. It's never going to be culminated. So it's a, it's an unrelieved urge or desire. It's just a source of energetic agitation that's never going to find fulfillment. Yeah? What happens? It spawns the need to get relief from that. So then some people start doing drugs, some people do alcohol, and everyone is recovering from something here. Yeah? Some people overeat, some people go shopping too much, they spend too much money, this and that. They're all trying to scratch an itch they can't find. Yeah? What would happen if you see these, a long row of knots and all of these aspects of your life that seem to be flowing from this, going into these, all these uh, rows of knots, this one way? What would happen? So let's say if you worked on your relationships and maybe it affects that not, but it doesn't affect your idea of money or health and stuff like that. What would happen if you went to a first knot? I'm just saying it may or may not be the first knot. But what would happen if that first knot loosened up, which to me is the identification as a self? Yeah? There's a thread from there that goes through all the other knots. So you'll know the tree by its fruit. When you fall upon this thing, you will know the problem from the solution. This will reverberate into all the aspects of what you call your living, and you will travel stabilized, traveling lighter over time. Yeah, it may not have you may not have that big peak experience where a big chunk of the iceberg falls off and then it freezes over again over time. But this will be like every day something will be skimmed off the top of the heaviness. Yeah. And if you total up all the days in your life in this place, it would add up a whole lot more for those big chunks of uh, peak experiences. You'll be traveling lighter on a consistent level every day. You will have, you will, you'll be living in the forgetfulness of self. And as soon as you start forgetting self, you lose interest so much in those aspects of past and future. Yeah. Your thought system still plans, still does this and still does that, but it doesn't turn you into the planner. It doesn't turn you into the dreamer. People think of, for you not to be the dreamer, you can't have any dreams. Dreams are happening. Dreams are happening. Why do we always have to make of the leap that if something occurs, there must be someone who did it? Things occur here. Like Buddha supposedly said, events happen, deeds are done, but there's no individual doer thereof. He doesn't say there's no, there's no doing. He says there's no individual doer thereof. There's the freedom. Ramana Maharshi said again, you know, you don't have to give up your possessions, give up the possessor. You don't have to give up your thoughts, give up the idea that you're the thinker of them. Yeah? You're definitely not going to be able to give up your feelings because the feelings come before you even become mentally conscious of them. And then you go, I didn't want to feel that, but you already did feel it. <laughs> yeah? You're never going to get prior to it. You're never going to get prior to conscious contact. Conscious contact, the six gates are open, consciousness is having an experience here, and we are an afterthought coming from a mental process. Yeah? It's producing a sense of self through our addiction or our inability to see through the selfing. Yeah? Once that feeling arises, people learn about the selfing, and then, then they call me up and they go, I've been selfing all day. That's the product of the selfing. The feeling that you're the one who's been doing it. Or they say, the selfing's driving me crazy. That's the product of the selfing. Not the activity. The product is the feeling that it's being done to you or you're doing it. Yeah? It's the feeling of being that doer. So this message, 
It's like a spiritual subpoena, yeah? You give it out. <laughs> then, your role is to entertain it. Not to run to the next freaking meeting and pour more information on it. Just let it sink in and let's see how it digests in your life. Because you may not notice it here, but you'll start seeing its implications out here. The way you're going about your day. And then the best you can do about knowing that, which is impossible, is you'll intimate it. You'll intimate that power. You'll intimate that presence. Yeah. But if you keep pouring information on it, there's no chance to entertain. You've got too much stuff coming in all the time. You know, you're running to the next thing. Instead of Buddhism, it's got to be turbocharged Buddhism. Or a retreat mixes with tantra, silent, therapeutic. I mean, they're trying to put everything together because obviously it's not producing the goods. So it's more, more, better, more, more. No, it isn't. You can't make something out of nothing. Yeah. And that's what the mental process does. Here's nothing and it makes something out of it. As soon as you make something out of it, you've neutered it. You've neutered its effect on you. You can't neuter it, but you'll neuter its effect on you. Yeah. Now you'll have something, you'll have the message, but it won't be translating. And then when you're feeling really shitty and uncomfortable, you have to, you're so confused you can't even ask for help. I have people call me up who have gotten invested in this freaking idea of non-personhood. It takes them 25 minutes to finally break down and cry. They just refuse to get to the point. I'm bummed out. <laughs> you know, I, that's not the message. The message allows feelings to come and go. Yeah, you're not. You're going to have a lot of feelings, more than you probably ever had. Yeah, you're going to be more in touch with stuff that's going on that your mind wanted to avoid. But there won't be the engagement as it's happening to you, or you're the one who's doing it. That's where the freedom lies. It allows you to travel lighter. It's not going to change the geography of your life, but you'll travel lighter for whatever your life has in store for you. What more do you want? If you put the name of enlightenment on awakening it, you just added weight to it. This is so beautiful, so beautiful, that here's the supposed real problem. I'm bonded to this idea of being a self. Yeah, Seems as real as real can be, because it's not the movie that's good, it's the audience. It's the one who feels they're bonded is what's making it so delicious looking. The power of our mind. So here's this thing. Yeah. This idea of being bonded to a self. <laughs> and let's say you entertain the possibility you're not that. Yeah. So there's the solution. Yeah. The only solution, if you're identified as self, in a way in recovery we talk about, we're not people with a problem, we're the problem. If that's the problem, give me another drink. If I'm the problem, it's a hopeless state of mind and body. But it says it's a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. It's only appearing to be hopeless to you based on the condition of where your mind's resting. Yeah? If the mind would move from that seat of selfing, it would see it as just a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, and therefore right where the problem was, there's the solution. Yeah? So from the solution's point of view, the problem's not real. From the problem's point of view... There's, it's real, then therefore a solution appears. Yeah? When you get the solution, the problem's not real, you know what goes? The solution also. It's so light, it's so economical, you don't even have to have a solution. Yeah? Not one bit of weight you need to carry. Right where you are at all times, with no requirement necessary, it will be available to you. 
or as you. Yeah. And it will just keep paring you down. If you want to start adding some more ornaments on it, it will just strip it down, strip it down, because it's nothing. No thing. Yeah? And no thing's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Everything else has quantity. Everything comes and goes. Everything's more or less, but no thing isn't. It, does, it can't be defined by any of that. And a lot of people, they're still waiting to get it. They want to be there to experience their own absence. It's not happening. It's not, that, that experience is not on offer. This is not an experience. Yeah? It will infuse your experience with a sense of lightness, but it's not an experience. Yeah? There's no path to it. You cannot. This is not a path to illumination. It illuminates all paths. It's totally different. It illuminates all paths. Whatever your path is, recovery or yogi or yoga, whatever, it will illuminate that. Yeah? But you cannot, it's not a path to illumination. You cannot practice it into illumination. What all it does is, when you learn about what you think you are, you forget it. And then that light that was subdued or being refracted or being put through a, a kaleidoscopic prism of self-centeredness now seems you see it in a different light, in its own light. Yeah? Not distorted into subject-object. And then you lose the need to be liberated. <laughs> you lose all interest in it. <laughs> there's no need to be liberated not one bit the only thing that wants liberation is what you're not it's the only freaking thing that's driving this giant engine to get liberated is what you're not when you were two or three years old were you looking at for retreats? <laughs> were, you, were you trying to find a spiritual book or practice meditation? of course not because your mind at that time when you were there you did, hadn't entertained you could be somewhere else yeah? When you were playing, that's all that was going on because time hadn't set up yet. Where, will I be playing next week? <laughs> yeah. You didn't have a narrative going, you're not playing good. You know? None of that was going on. And therefore there was no need. All these needs that seemed to have risen. They came out of a dissatisfaction. Or somehow we grew out of something that was there when we were young, especially if you weren't in an abusive situation, and we grew, grew into a mental state, and that mental state is producing the urge to get out of it as part of the mental state. Yeah. The mental state is urging you to get out of it. It's, it's fueling the seeking with tons of agitation, because that's the slavery. If you would stop and really be and really stop, the gig it would be up. You would see through it. Yeah, it's like a predator. The, it, the, the sense of self or the mental process is like a predator, but different than what you see in the jungle. In the jungle, the predator you know it, and the prey because the predator rips the throat out on the prey. But this thing has you by you moving away from it. Yeah, by you trying to get out of it, that's being in it. How many practices have you acquired? How many practices have you acquired? How many hours have you put under retreats and everything like that? And are you still doing them? Are you still seeking? Then obviously it's not the solution. 
then when it gets rearranged, you may be drawn to meditate and do retreats. That's great. But when the mental process is running the show, you, you think you're going towards, you're going away, baby. It's driving you right away from where you think you're going. Yeah, that's why it seems I didn't believe I didn't I couldn't believe it took it was taking this long. <laughs> they just keep driving and driving and driving and driving because you're actually moving away from where the solution is, right where you are right now. So have you ever had like a peak moment when, or let's say you're doing something you love, like for me, surfing and stuff like that? What happens is the five doors of the consciousness are overwhelming this one at that moment, yeah? You're overwhelmed by, let's say, the love or the, you, you know, like feeling and touching and tasting someone you love or surfing, it's the water and the wind and the sound of everything. And at those points, the five other gates override this gate. And then there's a real great feeling yeah, because there's there's an absence of that thing that seems so mentally present, and you're actually seeing the inherent condition. It is absent. Yeah, and it's actually through seeing this as absent that's the sense of the presence. Yeah, and we have free samples of it all the time, throughout every day. Yeah, throughout every day there's pauses occurring in the selfing. Yeah, because it's a verb and it's finite. Yeah. So it goes like this. So here, so here's the selfie. I'm, uh, this thing's driving me crazy, right? The selfie. And so that there's the noun that popped up. That's the product of it. Yeah. So now you feel like this thing is driving you crazy. And then maybe you learn a little more, and then you go realize, hey, that's not me either. That's also part of the selfie. And then you think, oh, now I've reached my authentic self. That's selfie. Yeah. Any place along this line of streaming where the noun pops up, that ain't it. Yeah, that's that's the self. It takes what's happening. Everything is just happening, and it takes what's happening, and suddenly there's a little pop up that says there's <laughs> someone that's happening too, or there's someone that's doing it. That's the product of the self. Yeah, and what occurs is if you see it and you see it and see it, it's finite. It runs out. Yeah, it gets exhausted, and what happens is you feel a pause. Yeah, the whole thing stops. And you get a you get a reflection of your original face, no thing, yeah. And then what occurs is when you get a couple of those pauses, you realize all the while the selfing is going on, it's in a context of pause. In other words, the reality is that the pause, and this is just a mental activity going on that has sober commandeered all our attention and interest. We're absorbed in it. Why? Because we think it's about us. And the real the forgetting, you could call forgetting, you could call it loss of interest. To me, it's loss of interest and attention. It's like if I was here today, which I am, obviously, and there was a meeting going on outside, and there was a pretty girl I wanted to meet. Yeah, That's at the meeting. Now, I haven't really talked to her or anything, but I'm thinking I'm going to marry her, and you know, maybe have a baby or two and stuff like that. So it has a lot of meaning to my head. Because you have to remember, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. That's what's happening, yeah? So I've given her a lot of meaning. So I'm supposed to be doing this talk, but I'm not really here because I'm trying to listen to what she's talking about because I'm hoping she'll say something about me. So then I can go, oh, if she likes me, I'll ask her out, you know? So someone's saying, someone comes up and says, hey, Paul, stop paying attention. You're know, supposed to be this whatever. You know, <laughs> I know, I know, but I can't seem... Because it's not your attention and interest. You can't call it back, Yeah? 
it's already be wedded to the idea of being a self. Yeah? So now, okay, someone comes up and throws a book on the table and says, how to lose interest in conversations in other rooms. So I page through it, I agree with it, but I still can't seem to pull back the attention and interest. Then she finally says something, and she says, I really like that guy, Matt, and my name is Paul. What happens? I lose interest immediately, yeah? Do I have to try to, you know, send, like, you know, team, you know, seal nine or something to rescue my interest attention? The attention interest leaves immediately, not a, like a four-week process, you know, not like, a, you know, <laughs> different levels of, you know, getting my interest back. It just goes, you, where? Where does it go? Find out. Find out where it goes. That's the joy of living. Yeah? You enter into a state of I don't know, and then you find out. And that's the closest thing you can get to it. Yeah? It's so freaking beautiful. You're always in a position of I don't know, and yet you have to find out. And in finding out, that's a much, much, much more convincing form of knowledge than knowing. Yeah? Because knowing's always, always got the other side of unknowing. Yeah? But finding out is totally different. It becomes intimate with you. Not with you with the teacher when they're available, but with you when you're taking the dogs out. With you when you hear the wind blow through the trees. When you when you're going into the bathroom. Yeah. So the interest and attention is free from that bondage of self. Now it's available, and that same thing that was driving you crazy and making you taking sleeping pills at night, because the thoughts about what you should have done or did do that day were driving you crazy, yes? That same interest and attention now is enriching your life. You're paying attention. You're hearing, seeing, feeling, tasting, touching. You're like on the pulse of life, the alarm vital of life. You're alive, yeah? It's worth it now, yeah? You're satisfied. You're not driven by dissatisfaction. You're fucking. Uh, you're walking leisurely in satisfaction. The pursuit of happiness. You sit down. Yeah. It's not a giant enslavement. I've got to become happy. You are. Yeah. Not in the way you think by getting and having things, but you just have a sense of well-being. Yeah. That's not produced by circumstances or situations. It starts outshining your circumstances and situations. And then you find a place that's worthy to rest on. yeah. And then that agitation of mind that's constantly being stirred up, the selfing, yeah? the minds in Buddhism, they talk about the quality of mind. He says it's the, uh, the essence of mind is emptiness. Yes? The nature of it is to reflect. And its manifestation is energy. Yeah? So here's the mind now. It's absorbed with this idea of being Paul. And so what mirror is it looking in? In the mirror of selfing, yeah. So all day through the watching the mirror of selfing, it keeps getting this image of itself, yeah. And it's addicted to that in a way. What happens is it's gotten enough, yeah. Maybe you're sick and tired, or sick and tired. Who knows? Or maybe you hear a possibility. Because when you're engaged, this it's like with alcoholism. It's really tricky because the parasite of alcoholism convinces you that you're the parasite. You forget whatever you are, and you take yourself to be this mental idea. So no matter how bad it gets, you can never get to the point of entertaining you could be free of it. You can only entertain being free as it, or by it, but never from it. 
Yeah? So you're enslaved to get therapy and do this and do that because it can't be a radical entertaining of true release because you're identified as it. Yeah? You're stuck because of the logic of the mind can't go any farther. That's why the identification, and when the identification is a place, you and I don't know it's there. You can be practicing like crazy, but the thing is, I had to hear it from someone else, from an outside meeting just like this, when someone dropped me the idea into my life, and I started to entertain the possibility. Yeah? And in my mind, for this, it's sort of like here, we're in this, the mental process is in yoga, it is in yoga, but it only has one posture, which is self-centeredness, yeah? it's like this. And everything gets, it tries to fit it around this, yeah? It's all about me and this and that. This message goes in there and it sort of demands the mind to go like this. It opens up, yeah? Then you sense your own size. The mind itself, you sense the presence of it as it becomes unenveloped. It goes, yeah? And now you feel available. It's like you've popped out of an ass of self, yeah? You've popped out. And now what happens is you feel available, yeah, it's incredible. And then you feel a presence while you're available. And you have to realize they go hand in hand. The presence is always available, but you need to be available. If you're in this time stream of selfing, you're not here, intent, you know, basically. The here that you're in is chock full of there and then. Yeah. The here that we're in is totally comprised of the past and, it, and getting agitated into this concept of a future. It is not here. Yeah? The here, if you want to call anything here, it's the conscious contact. Conscious contact. You know? The seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. And it's like, if we're not an anchored here, then we're going to be in what's not happening. And most people's experience isn't that they're in fear, they're in a lot of anxiety. Yeah? The mental process is producing anxiety. It mimics the physiological effects of fear, but there's no, there's no current threat. Yeah? It's reacting to something that's not happening, be it in the past or the future. How are you going to solve that? What solution are you going to give that problem that's actually being born out of something that's not happening? The only solution would to be able to see that it's not happening. Yeah? Then what more would you need to do? If you saw it wasn't happening, what more would you need to do? Like if I was a therapist about what's not happening, I'd have the shortest sessions of all. They come in, they start telling me, I'm really crazy about this, and I said, it's not happening? That would be it. The session would be I could make tons of money. It would be like a minute each session. Instead of 50, 60 minutes, it would be one minute. Yeah? And they but and they go up, that's not happening. Yeah? So if you could see... And the only way you have that seeing is you gotta, you know, you gotta have a sense of being here. If not, you'll just, if you're not here, you'll be there and then, yeah? And you'll be calling it here, really, you know? And how are you gonna find a solution to what's not happening? Because there isn't any. The only solution is to see that it's not happening. Really. The only solution is to see that it's not happening. And when you do, it doesn't take any time. Yeah? How long did it take me to realize Next week isn't happening. Yeah? You still, it's, see, it happened so fast you didn't even notice it. Ready? All right, let's. How about four weeks ago? See? Wow, it's incredible, isn't it? Four weeks ago, eight thousand thoughts about it last night. Let's see. Let's go. Yeah. You're it. You are the solution, honey. 
You are the solution. Right where the problem seems to appear, the solution really is. The problem can only reach the elevation of appearing, but the solution is real. Yes? No matter how heavy, no matter how much interest we put in it, it can never pass the point of appearing. It can only appear to be so. But there is what's so. And what's so will always trump what's appearing to be so. You can never lose that card hand ever with that ace. But there's the dilemma. So people, you want to get out of something. You want to get out of a failed system of thought and interpretation. And interpretation means emotions and all of those aspects. Yeah, You want to get out of it, or you want to make it a little better. But then that second lock you run into, which is the idea of self can't get out of self. Yeah. So if you're identified as the problem, when you try to leave the problem, that's the problem leaving. It's a mobile problem, you know. <laughs> it's not stationary. It's not like leaving Kentucky, you know. It's like wherever you go, that's it. It's going with you. So the point is, is how am I going to get out of this? The only thing that can actually work is that you have never been in it. Yeah? This is the only way you can get out of it is to realize you've never been in it. Everything else seems to take a lot of time because it doesn't work. Yeah? The solution, every time the solution downloads any aspect in my life, <coughs> one of the basic qualities of it is timelessness. Yeah? Like a cold night. Like that. In this way, the best way to get out of something is to realize you were never in it. Yeah? You can see it built. It's sort of like being in a blueprint. You have, let's say you ended up in a house you don't want to be in. And now you have a mortgage. You've been paying rent. You have your Tempur-Pedic bed in there. Got a lot of nice curtains, some silk rugs, stuff like that. There's going to be a lot of investment to get out of that. But what would happen if you saw its blueprint and you had immunity to it? The house would never come to pass. You wouldn't have to try to get out of it because you would realize that you never were in it. Yeah? hearing that, you know, hearing it, really hearing it, it's better than 500 pages of scriptures. Just hearing that is better than 500 pages of scriptures. Because all the time, everything nothing gets beyond the scene, yeah? Right now there's hearing, but how does the mental process describe it? The hearer and the heard, yes? There's hearing, conscious contact, but the mental process bypasses that initial hit and says, there's me, the hearer, and what I heard. And the emphasis goes there, yes? See, feeling. It's about the feeler and the felt, yeah? Tasting. Taster and the tasted, yeah? That's how quick the heist is. Conscious contact occurs, and we are that. And then the mental process hijacks it, claims it, and interprets it in a subject-object little paradigm. Yeah. 
and you cannot fit two back into one. You cannot fit two, subject-object, back into one. It won't fit. I don't care what you do, how you get the greatest little you know, lubricant of all spiritual <laughs> lubricants, you're still not going to slide yourself back into one as two. <laughs> it's just not going to work. I swear. You know? <laughs> At that point, the heist has already occurred. You've already been split. <laughs> Seemingly. <laughs> That's the good news. It's all seemingly, and nothing has ever fucking happened. <laughs> what so cannot not be what so, but this couldn't appear to be what is, could it? There's no freaking way. Yeah, content doesn't override context. Yeah, context though brings understanding about content. Yeah. Context brings a lot of understanding about content. So for me, my sense of it is basically because it's not a, a realization; it's a living sense. Every moment of conscious contact, it could be said as I'm the seeing of what I'm not, basically. Yeah? And the seeing never leads to a point where there's a seer that pops up. It's just the seeing. Yeah? It was wild when my head finally stopped making nouns out of verbs one time and I realized and I got a real great hit yeah because I kept making a noun out of what's just verbing just streaming just seeing seeing there was the noun and as soon as that it's sort of like just St. Francis said a beautiful statement what's looking is what you're looking for so incredible Mm -hmm. eh? I mean like a sentence one sentence can stop you in your tracks yeah what's looking is what you're looking for. Why can't we find it? Yeah. Because when it turns into looking for, the heist has already occurred. The seeing has been forgotten, and we've entered into a form of blindness called self-centeredness. Yeah? We're seeing with bifocals, not visual bifocals, but subject-object. And therefore, we can't see what's looking. Because it doesn't say who's looking, it says what's looking. We can't see what's looking because what's looking isn't broken up. It's not two things. Yeah? And so every time you apply the, the looking to find it, you know, it's a form of blindness to the fact of the seeing is happening at that very moment that you're looking for it. Yeah? And you go, where? Where? Exactly. That's our intent. Where? We have such a belief that we're something already, we miss it. And this isn't about teaching. The only thing you can teach is about what we're not. You can't teach about what we are. How are you going to teach about the indescribable? How? Yeah? How are you going to describe what can't be described? But you can describe what isn't so. You can watch it. You can describe what occurs and what produces the possibility and then the mind's habit of making it into a seeming reality. You can see that. And when you see that, there'll be a strong, distinct thing. I must not be that. I must be the seeing of it. 
Yeah? Maybe you'll have to get as many hits, maybe one hit will do it. But as soon as like 51% of your stock goes on that side of the scene, it's a done deal. You're going to have some, an immunity is going to build up, and you're going to have relief from the bondage of self. Yeah? And the relief begets more relief, and get, begets more relief. Yeah? It's like an aperture. You're your mind has been like closed and you think this is it, yeah? And then it opens up. It's really trippy because you're like this. It opens up. But what happens, it opens up and what you thought you were moves in front of it. And then you start seeing this. Not from it, but seeing it, yeah? So you're like this and you think this is what I am and this is like the lens coming out of what I am. So this ain't no lens coming out of it's like this, and then suddenly it starts opening up, but it, you you move in front, <laughs> and then whoa, <laughs> you're truly seeing what you're not. <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> Oops! Oh, I didn't want to see that. <laughs> And it just, it's very difficult. It will go like this, but this never changes then. You, you have something happens, yeah. Because <laughs> in this life, it goes like this a lot, yeah. But when it goes, and you, there's a seeing of what you truly are not, it's an indelible impression. Yeah. Your interest and attention don't whistle to go to the weather vane of your body and the thought system. It'll just peter out. And your interest and attention just won't go there with the thoughts. It won't. Because you will realize where it's, it's found itself. It's found it. It found it's, The interest and attention found it something that matches itself, of no thingness. Yeah. So here, instead of the attention constantly going out, and when it tries to go back to its source, hitting this little happy face of you, you know, Paul, and getting caught in this little self-centered loop of importance. Yeah. It has questioned this little opaque thing, which isn't opaque at all. And it goes out this way. So as you're seeing, it's going both ways, yeah? And suddenly, instead of having this... And tons of things just coming back to this one physical location, it now starts looping, like, hugely. And it fucking, it's like, it's like open, being in a claustrophobic room and then someone opens two different juxtaposed windows. You feel the wind blowing through, Yeah? And you sense your real nature of being light, light, light. It's like realizing Santa Claus doesn't exist. Hmm? Is this like realizing Santa Claus doesn't exist? Well, you don't even say it. It's just basically, you just see the best thing anything can occur here is to the level of appearance. It can't reach the level of existence. Yeah? It just appears to exist to us. Yeah? We play a big role here. We're like in the Course of Miracles says, you and I are the dreamer of the dream. We've given everything we dreamt all the power to affect us. Yeah? We're the dreamer. I missed the point. You're, we are the dreamer of the dream and we forgot that we're the dreaming. And in that forgetting, we've given everything we've dreamt the power to affect us. Yeah? But it's sort of like that situation with a tiger. If you're, a, you're, a, let's say you're, a, let's say you're, a, you're near a tiger, yeah, and you can't get out of its environs, 
So then you've been reading a lot of books, How to Cohabitate with a Tiger. And of course, you may be believing in the ship, but you still have this <laughs> level of fear because the tiger is like a, a you know uncontrollable variable, yeah? And so, and you try all your best to live with it and, you know, meditate. And there's no tiger, there's no tiger, there's no tiger. <laughs> but in fact, there seems to be a real tiger, yeah? The thing is, what would happen, the only, but let's say you've missed the point that you're taking yourself to be a dreamt object, which you have forgotten. You've t- you're taking this to be real, so therefore the tiger seems real, yeah? What would happen if you woke up out of this, then you would immediately see it was a dreamt tiger. Would it have the ability to scare you anymore? No. Yeah. It has to be in a certain condition. For a dream to really affect you, you must be the dreamt. Yeah? <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe you're not that. <laughs> if you're not that, you can start, you'll realize that statement is a beautiful statement. You and I are the dreamer of the dream, and... We forgot we're dreaming and we've given everything we dreamt the power to affect us. That's how you can explain every freaking day here. Basically, if you look at it. Yeah? How long does it take to get out of a dream? <laughs> you wake up, don't you? It was a, if it looked like in the dream you had to go 800 steps, when you wake up, did you have to take the 800 steps? No. <laughs> the solution always has a quality of timelessness. That's why it's the solution. If it has a big quality of time, that's part of the problem. The solution is timeless. That's why there's even, there isn't even a solution. It only appears to be a solution when there's a real problem. It's like the dreamt object and the dreamt tiger. While I'm taking myself to the dreamt object, there's a lot of dreamt solutions I need to find. Yeah, to get me some relief from the dream I'm dreaming and giving it all the power to affect me. I'm trying to call off the dogs that I'm sicking, you know, so to speak. <laughs> but what would happen if I woke up? <laughs> and I'm saying, you're our way. I'm not saying it's not, even, it's not even a freaking process. Yeah, it's always available at all times. It can appear not to be. Yeah, it can appear to be, it can appear not to be, but it can never not be. Yeah, that's why it, that's the value, that's the solution of it. Yeah, it's inherently so. Yeah. No matter how much we huff and puff, we can't blow that down. Now that I've ruined a lot of your nights, nights, I mean, no, 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 no. Do you have any questions about it? This is like my night talk in five days. So. I've run out of material, I'm sorry. To me, you don't want to reach a point where it's beating a dead horse. Really. It's an invitation, it's a message. It's not a giant... That's way too much meaning given to it. Yeah? I have faith in mind. Do you ever hear of faith mind? It's a very famous Zen treatise. Mike's my favorite one. Check it out if you like. It's really beautiful. I mean, he's, he has, you probably heard some of this stuff, which is, you know, you don't have to seek the truth, just stop cherishing your own opinions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a beautiful statement. And he says, you cannot find stillness through activity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mind can't, you can't use the Buddha to find the Buddha. You can do it for eons, it will never work. 
You can't use light to find light. You can't use mind to find mind. Yeah. You can try, but it'll be eons and eons and nothing will happen. That stuff made an impression on me when I heard it. I was like, wait a minute, let me entertain this. Because I practiced a long time stuff. And, uh, you know, I had tons of experiences, but nothing radically changed. It was always the same one who had the experiences. He was getting modified and... Maybe he looked a little more cleaned up, and I was wearing white instead of, you know, leather jackets, and had patchouli oil on instead of, you know, uh, whatever it's called, old sailor or something, <laughs> whatever. But, but the fact is, radically nothing changed. It's just, you know, different morphs or different mutations of the same formulation, because all things come from the me, the, the mind, yeah? The mind is giving everything the meaning it has. The mind, when the mind changes, everything has the possibility to change because it's not real. Yeah? So I heard it enough. I heard one teacher speak once and I really liked it because he said an old Zen statement which was, you know, I'm like a man standing by the river selling water. (laughs) I thought that was pretty funny. (laughs) Because the group, I could sense the group, at least this was my projection, that they thought they had it and there was the others that didn't. But then why was he sitting listening to this dude for if they thought they had it? So then he said a funnier thing. He said, he started laughing. He says, I'm like a man standing in the river selling water. <laughs> and I said, I left then, and that was it. <laughs> but seriously, that was it. I got it. He <laughs> said, so, all right, thank you. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're going to have to put your foot down someday. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Really. Your pants are going to fall down one time and you not just don't pick them up. Just be there without all your stuff, naked in a way, and see what happens. Yeah? You don't have to rush to the next thing. Just see what happens. Maybe something will break. That system will be exhausted. Yeah? And it will be so obvious that you have been that which you've been seeking the whole time. Yeah? With no need for modification. No need for turbocharging. No need for, you know, applying other accessories. You know, just on a dog shit level of awareness. Yeah? That's totally workable here. Incredibly practical. Yeah? And you'll travel lighter on a consistent level. And you realize that's really basically what you've probably been looking for. It's just a deep ease and comfort in your own seeming predicaments and with others. Yeah? Then you're available, then you can be put to use. And life will put, to you, put you to use. Yeah? And while you're being used, you'll sense the presence of what seems to be using this opportunity. And that to me is real love. A deep intimation of, of a power greater than all of us, or of this place. So.
constantly feel in a state of, well, not constantly, it's more of a recent thing of fatigue and exhaustion. And part of it, I think, is my utter frustration and despair over how much selfing occurs all the time and how I'll have moments of little fleeting moments of lightness and clarity and then all of a sudden the selfing comes back even bigger. And then it just feels like this endless cycle and it's exhausting. And um, I, I, I know I know you're not going to tell me anything, like an answer or anything, but I'm so frustrated by it. And at moments I feel like in desperation about it and I'm, I just, I see it and I can't get myself out of it. It's just like this constant rabbit wheel, a hamster wheel, like selfing, selfing, selfing. Even though I see it, it's like I can't help myself. I'm addicted to selfing. <laughs> well, first of all, there's no you to be addicted to it. See, so that's where, let's say, the frustration's occurring, and then the pop-up is that you're really frustrated. That's the product of the selfing. I know this is what takes, gets all your attention, is the frustration. But the real thing is the popping up of you're the one that's frustrated. If you can sort of sit through the agitation and put your eye on that and entertain what the hell is that, that's where the relief is. Not hoping or wishing this would stop, because if it stopped, this would also pop up as the one who had it stopped for. And then you're still in that, ring, that wheel of bondage, yes? So take it, and sometimes... Sometimes, because of that, sometimes you have to, in a way, see that as love, because that's probably the only way you're going to get enough attention to look at the pop-up is an extreme amount of frustration. It's not done like a sadistic type of carefree thing. It may be leading you to a point where you'll finally go there. Yeah? You know what I mean? That's sometimes the only way people let the system exhaust itself is by suffering, unfortunately. Yeah? So here's the agitation, and the selfing, this is probably fucking afraid that it, the gig is up, you know. <laughs> really. <laughs> so it's throwing all the attention of all this agitation, because it's good at that. It can sort of cause agitation, yeah? But it's like taking the eye off the ball. The ball isn't that, it isn't the frustration, it's the one who seems to have the frustration. So try to sit with that and see what, what happens, yeah? And if you don't die and don't act out, things are going to get great. <laughs> really. I'm serious. It's not a walk in the park all the time. Definitely not. This thing is a voracious parasite. It's a strong mental wind. And when it's threatened, really threatened, it's not threatened by practices. It just thinks it's uncomfortable, it ass hurts, it hurts, or it's thinking of ice cream when you think you should be thinking about you know, something else. It can do that, that's like a day in the park for it. What's really threatening to it is just that, yeah? If you can just see, entertain, yeah? Don't act out, don't die, yeah? And then you'll see that that, that pop-up, this frustration is that because of this. This is giving it the meaning it has, the frustration. Yeah? This is it. So, if you, if you take away this or question this biggest meaning is that it's you, 
which is allowing it to distribute tons of meaning to everything that you think is happening to you, then what's happening to you will look a whole lot different. I swear. You have to see, there's lesson number two in the, in the Course in Miracles. And the first seven lessons, <laughs> first six lessons build to the seventh lesson, if you don't know it. And, and, it's, and they, all the six lessons in front are, are explained by the seventh lessons, which is you see only in the past. Yeah? So that's the, why do we see only the past? Because that's how you're remembered as a self. The whole language, the whole system of thought here is rigged to, to support this idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. The doer, the haver, the thinker, the feeler. The whole language is there to reinforce it, right? support it all day. So while it's being heard, it, the mind's gotten into the habit of making the leap into there's, a do, there's an action, there must be an actor. Yeah? Sounds so logical, doesn't it? Why is that? Why couldn't there just be an action? Why does it always have to be a source of the action? Yeah, there could just be an action, but no. In that logic of the mind, it's, if it sees, the conscious contact allows it to see the action, the action is seen, then the mental process claims to be the seer of the action, turns it into a form of looking, and the form of looking is, if there's an action, there must be an actor. That's the form of looking. It doesn't think outside that box. Yeah? So here's the frustration. There's someone who has the frustration. The someone who has the frustration is allowing a large amount of download to go into that event called frustration. And so like you even use some of his terminology. It's always like this. The mental terminology is always extreme. I'm always going to be depressed. I'm always unhappy. I'll never meet somebody. This is what it does. When it's talking in extremes, you know it's doing its number. You can recognize it. I swear to God. If it's always going to be this way, it ain't always going to be this way. I saw a guy running that number one day. He's saying, I've been depressed for seven days all the time. And I saw him that night at a party and he was smiling. I went, hey, Tony, are you depressed now? So I caught him with his pants down. Because he had a story going on. And the story, see, the thing is, we're going to have stories here, but to be had by a story different. Yeah? And the selfing has had has us has us by a story because we're now the one who has all the stories. That's the biggest story of all. We're the owner of all the stories that are being published by this insane printing company. Yeah? We're the one. Our name is on all the comic books. Yeah? So the frustration, the thing's agitated. It's agitated. It may feel threatened. Hallelujah. You know, it's gotten so fat and flabby because it's it's ran into Buddhism and morphed around that. Kabbalah morphed around that. Christianity morphed around that. Zoroastrianism, whatever, man. Psychotherapy morphed around that. Energetic body patterns, new age, easily morphed around that. I mean, it's everything has come in contact. It's taken advantage of. So it's freaking flabby now. You're questioning it in a way that it's sort of uneasy. Yeah. You see it, man. It's fucking, you should be happy as hell. You should be praying for more of it. <laughs> really. Because if you don't die and you don't act out, it's going to be a brand new freaking day for you soon. Yeah? Yeah. So, <coughs> is it too mental? I'm thinking, remember when you, were, you said for a while, you know, I'm not that, I'm not that, I'm not that. So, as you're talking, I'm thinking about the, the verbing of, like, frustration is happening. 
When I said I'm not that, I never said that. I'm just trying to put in the language what it was like. No, no. My process, the thing that, you know, the processes that I went through, which I hate to, you know, whatever. I like self-inquiry was helpful. It seemed to be. Course in Miracles was really good. You know, the lessons, because they described the perceptual projection of what was happening here as the mind's dreaming. It was very nice to find out that what I would moved into and had were paying all these mortgages for was a house of cards. <laughs> all I did was laugh when I heard it. I, mean, I went on three day intensives of course and guy laughed the whole time. Every time they described how the self produced I was <laughs> because I I had lived under it. And as soon as you wake up or realize it's it's not that, there's a great relief comes over you. Because now your mind finally can say, Hey, I can be free from it. Yeah, I'm not beholden the two anymore. But you have to see, mind's giving everything all the meaning. So here, let's say you have a thought. Yeah, we do this all the time for the people who've seen it before. So let's put money up there. Yeah, health, and it's not there. So just so we just yeah, <laughs> money, health, and sex. Yeah, everyone based on where they think they are would give it a meaning. Yes, everybody. Now let's change the weight of that. Because all this place is is about really heaviness or lightness in different degrees, how you travel. Yeah? Put the word my in front of the money. My money. Huge difference, isn't it? Money to my money? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Big difference. Sex, my sex. Health, my health. Huge. This is what's happening. The selfing's first move is to claim, because it doesn't have a life, so it claims one, yeah? It's claiming one through you. So the my is it's, it's, it's a way of representing it. So here's a thought. A thought is a thought, let's say it has a certain meaning. Let's say each meaning, let's say most thoughts weigh an ounce. Then you put a my in front of it, which is one of the oldest thoughts, which is I'm the thinker of all the other thoughts, yeah? It's another thought, I'm the thinker. But that injects about uh, 15 more ounces in each thought. Yeah? So now, you're used to traveling with a heavy bag, but you're used to it. You've been doing it for so long. It's like if you were born and someone put a hand on your shoulder, and it's always been there, you wouldn't know it was there. You know, you'd have all these stories about why your arm drooped, and you know, why you had have longer, longer right sleeves than the other, and tons of stories. All of them would be bogus. But one day someone lifted their hand off and then you would realize it by its absence. Yeah? You would realize what it was by it not being there anymore. That's exactly what it is with selfing. I swear to God. When it lifts, when the, when the importance of it is lifting, you realize how freaking important it was. Yeah? You'll know the solution. You'll know the problem from the solution. When it lifts, you'll realize it. Yeah? And what it's doing is giving meaning. And how does it give meaning? Through the bridge of my. Yeah? So a problem is, is much different than my problem. A feeling of time is much different than it's my time. My time, I, I think I'm, I'm going to give you a little, I'm not going to give you this, I'm not going to give you any time for that. Yeah? As soon as it becomes my, it changes, doesn't it? The meaning is different. So here, a thought is a thought, but then it's being held as my thought. The my represents... Of all these possibilities that are in mind, you know, and nothing is so, so everything just appears and disappears. So you may think you're over something, yeah, but then it appears again, yeah, because it was never actually here to be gotten rid of, it just appears and disappears based on the condition of the mind, yeah. 
Like in recovery, we say if you're in fit spiritual condition, then you'll have an immunity to alcoholism a day at a time. It's exactly this. Yeah? Your, spirit, your fit spiritual condition is when the mental condition, the selfing, is diminished, and then another aspect of mind is amplified. You want to call it spirit or whatever. So here, so here's this. It's just let's just say like the cloud in the internet, yeah. But it's all conditional and old ideas, beliefs, and all this stuff. Just waiting. They're not appearing yet. They need your mind, the mind, yeah, to access them. So what happens is, my represents this Paul. Paul represents all of this. These old things that I thought happened to it, not feeling that he's worthy, and all this. What all? All the tons of stuff. So now a thought comes. Just a thought, but the my triggers this. This downloads into the thought. I hit. I I don't even see this process. What I see is when consciousness hits the thought and opens it up, and I get to see everything my mind downloaded in it. And I'm thinking the thought brought it to me. So I think my thoughts are driving me crazy. It's the my that's driving the mind crazy, not the thoughts. Because you and I could have the same thought. Let's say you're having a thought and a couple thoughts that are driving you crazy right now. I could sit so close to you and it wouldn't jump over on me. Yeah? Because I see them as your thoughts. But as soon as the same thought, if I see it as my thought, it can have a huge impact on me. It's not the thought, it's the mind. Yeah? The whole thing is about mind. Yeah? That's why the solution is, if I'm not that... that if, if the identification of self is seen through, the mind drops out of your life. So instead of life happening to you, you see life happening. Much different experience. Much, much, much different. Life's happening to you. Everything getting sucked into how it pertains to you. It's freaking unbelievably claustrophobic in that, yeah? Life's happening. It's like a, you're going along with it. It's pretty fucking cool. You can travel lighter. So, you see it. So, the mind is giving tons of meaning to this stuff because, in a sense, what it gets a reflection from, that agitated pool, is it. See, when the pool is clear, it sees nothing. That's the reflection. When it's agitated, it sees you. Yes? All of what you were, all what you're going to be, all what you should have been, all what you shouldn't have been. Yes? In the agitation, it sees you. When the mind gets chilled out and it's at peace, it sees nothing. It's reflecting nothing. And that's your original face. Your original face. Zen, in Zen they say, you'll finally come, you'll see your original face. That's the original face. Yeah? It's a clear reflection of mind. There's nobody there. Hallelujah. You know what? That, that means there's so, there's so much there, but it's nobody. Yeah? But it doesn't mean it's empty. I mean nothing. It's nothing full of unbelievable possibilities. Yeah? It's the gift that keeps on giving. You see, though, the process? It's very simple. You can see it. What's the download? Can you describe the downloading again? This business from... Well, for me, download is just like when I do a talk. I never know what I'm going to say, and I'm sort of fried out after six days, yeah? And so (laughs) if I had an idea of it, I'm saying I'm sort of burnt out. I don't even want to do this. (laughs) <laughs> but you sit here and because there's, there's a need in a sense it comes through yeah? to me that's the download and it's very economical I don't know I don't, I don't get I can't put it into a library it's not like a, it doesn't become like a my files yeah? it just downloads it's used and then when I'm walking around I'm just sensing that presence and then I do a situation and downloads more information downloads 
That's what I call a download. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Um, I can visualize letting go of the self tomorrow morning. What I'm curious about is what would motivate you to do anything? Well, that's so funny because then that's like it, the self will even try to make himself make it important in its own absence. Right? I won't do anything if I'm not a self. Give me a break. You'll be doing plenty of stuff. Really, you will. Find out. Find out. You can't. If someone tells you you know, it doesn't work. Find out. This is just a possibility or an invitation. It's not a draft. You're not being conscripted. It's not a should. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you entertain it or not. But if you if, if there's a if there's a drive to entertain it, just entertain it, and then you'll find out what it's like for you instead of trying to know what it's like beforehand. Yeah, or to know what it's like for someone else. Find out because you're not going to get more. It doesn't. It's not like oh, I'm going to give you eight thousand pounds of information. It just gives you whatever's needed at that time. Yeah, it, one of the qualities I found in my life with it is it's super economical. You get pared down. There's nothing is nothing is wasted. Nothing is added that doesn't need to be added. Yes, it's just very very clean, and it's sort of like being on an operating table, and your job is just not to get up. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> they'll just keep working on you and doing its thing. And if you, as, if, as, if you, as long as you stay in the quote unquote patient's role, everything's fine. As soon as you become the doctor and think, oh, I know, I should, I gotta get this is this is a real bad quality. No, 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 no. It doesn't work. Just sit there. Yes, and you'll be all the happier for it. Yeah, and you'll know it by its fruits. You can't know the tree. I would say that's what Jesus was implying. It says, you're not going to know the tree, but you'll know it by its fruits. A good tree cannot bring forth bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bring forth good fruit. You will know the tree by its fruits. This is what it's like. Yeah. Obviously, how are you going to know the indescribable? You're going to know it through its expression. And the expression is going to come through what you call you, through this moment, through this opportunity, through this interface. And through it moving and expressing, you'll intimate what that is. Yeah. And hopefully, you'll entertain that it's you. Yeah. Yep. Um, do you think that... <laughs> or sort of what you think. Um, choice. Is that in the realm of seemingly? Yeah, sure. But, see, the thing is, if you think you have choice, then exert it. Do the next right thing. What's the problem? Do you feel like you have choice? Just, I'm not saying with your understandings, but do you feel like you have choice? Um, seemingly, yes. Yes, seemingly. Well, then, then seemingly choose. That's all that's happening. That's all that's happening. Yeah? Just... If you have that feeling, just like if you feel like you need to be at these meetings, you better come. <laughs> it's all seemingly. Exactly, yeah. But isn't that the self-choosing? <laughs> the self doesn't choose. The self claims. Yeah, it claims that it's the chooser. But it is. It has nothing to do with it. It really doesn't. It has no life. It claims every action that's happening here as the one that's doing it have something to do about it. It doesn't. It's a paper tiger. Yes? 
you don't have to vanquish it or kill it, that would be giving it too much credit. You just lose interest in it. And in that interest, you'll hear its final fucking screams and wails. <laughs> because it needs your interest and attention to seem to be so. If that's extracted, it shrivels up. You'll see it as a mental process. And the mental process doesn't have to stop. Just like you're not running, you're not pumping your blood or beating your heart, you're not doing that either. It's just a mental process that's producing a sense of self. It doesn't have to change one bit. Doesn't have, nothing has to be added or subtracted. It just has to be seen through. And you have the ability to see through it because you are that seeing. You are prior to it. Yes? You're not that product. You see... The funny thing is with selfing, if you watch it, here it is, it's a mental process, right? Processes take time. So let's say it's like a conveyor belt. So here's this mental process going on, and then when it's done, there's a feeling of being the self. But the feeling of being the self is a feeling that you were prior to the process. Yeah? It plays, the, it plays with time, unbelievably. It, it's produced, and when it's produced, it feels like it was before the production. Yeah? Or just like when you're, there's like a freedom, and then suddenly something catches your mind, and it feels like the cell, it's sort of like a, some bait was in the, uh, in the space, and then the mind's moving towards it, and as soon as it grabs the bait, it turns into a fish. And then it feels like it's been a historical fish. Yeah? That's made up. That's made up. It's made up. It's an appearance. It cannot pass the point of appearance. It doesn't have an existence in and of itself. Yeah? Yeah. But it wants to keep implying and inferring and assuming that it does. And then once that's in place, it just rips. Like if, if John Coltrane came in here... And uh, someone said, hey, John, uh, will you riff on this theme? And he goes, what theme? And he says, separation. And he started playing. Guess what? Like the source of love feeling like his son love. You know what I mean? The, <laughs> the source of wisdom, looking for wisdom. It would just riff separation. That's what the mental process is doing. It's ripping uh, an insane possibility that it's, that it's been entertaining. And we haven't been sort of uh, resting in the seeing to see through it. So we've gotten swept away by it, and it's sort of like we're down the rabbit's hole, and we can't get back out, because we think the hole's real. If you try to climb out, it's being in the rabbit's hole. Yes, it's a tricky little devil. But what it's doing is, it has your interest and attention. That's its flesh and blood. That's what it's striving on. When you lose interest in it, not fight it, not, you know, go to war with it, but just, like, ignore it or forget it, then it's vanquished, you know? It's weak. That's why it has to convince what's truly strong to believe it's weak. That's what it does, yes? We've given it all the power to affect us. We really have. It's been an incredible heist. It happens all day, every day, Yeah? The, the, the crime is already solved and never happened. It's like that movie, The Minority Report. If you're resting in conscious contact, the crime never happens. You see it before the crime happens. So there's no court cases and nothing occurs. You don't have to hire any investigators because you see it and therefore it doesn't occur. Yeah? It's just like that. That's what it is. We're, but after, if you, it's sort of like in people who are drinking alcoholically and stuff. I have a definition with some of them. I go, well, uh, an alcoholic calls you after they drink, 
and a recovered alcohol calls you before they drink. <laughs> if they call you after they drink, there's nothing you can do. They already drank. It's just they're on a run. It doesn't, it's pointless. Yeah? The whole place to get it is before. The same thing. Yes? Maybe, just maybe, you are more of the consciousness that's in contact than the mental uh, hijacking of that. Yeah? Maybe you're not a mental idea clothed in a physical action figure experience. Maybe you're what's seeing everything. Yeah? And let's say what's seeing could be represented sort of like an open sky. Yeah? And everything, let's say there's explosions in a Fourth of July explosions. Does the sky ever get ripped open by them? Yeah? When a bird takes a shit, does the sky, does it land on the sky or on your car? Yeah, yeah or your shoulder. Yes, yeah? Yeah? When the clouds come in and it rains, does the sky get wet? No, it lands on the thing, you know, the earth and us. Yeah? So the mind is like that. It's got a quality that could be represented as an example of the open sky. Yeah? Everything is allowed to appear in it, but what's appearing in it doesn't affect it. That's your immunity. That's your immunity. But once your mind formulates an idea of being a cloud and you take that to be, yes, then you become... It's like if you wanted some sun and you lay down and, then, and you wanted to get tan, let's say, and you want to go into a tanning salon or anything, you know, and you wanted a tan, and then a cloud would have the ability to stop you from getting that sunlight. Yeah? Would it? If you were in this position of being a body there. What would happen if you were on the other side of the cloud? You were on the sun side. You'd still see the clouds, yes? But they wouldn't have the ability to stop you from the light, would they? That's exactly what it's like. The dreamt object, what we're taking ourselves to be, is a denizen of this place of thingness, yeah? It's dying for the sunlight of the spirit, but a lot of things can block it off. So it's in a sense of anxiety, insecurity, trying to try to find the right place to get a nice big free gap of so get light. But what would happen if you were up on the sun's side? You'd have a very relaxed free state, yeah? Because you're in the level of where the sun is. You wouldn't be seeking the light. You'd be realizing you're part and parcel of what's bringing the light forth. Change your whole experience here. You don't need to change your state of being. The mental process is trying to say, do and have yourself into a state of being. All you can do and have yourself is into another mental state. The state of being is complete in and of itself. It's not here to find fulfillment. It's here to express. Yeah? It's happening. It's, an ex- it's a manifestation. It's not trying to find fulfillment. It's complete in and of itself. There's no time there. So it's not in a process to find completion. Yes? That's where the mind, when it starts reflecting that, this is very, very twank- tranquil. No matter how much movement occurs from it, it's still still as crazy. So you can get a clear reflection there of nothingness, and that will influence this experience of being in a world of things. It will allow you to travel lighter on a consistent level. And I bet you after a while doing that, you'll find that's what you wanted. You were calling it enlightenment or this and that, but you really wanted just an ease and comfort throughout your day. Yeah? And with others. And maybe, and you usually, what I find is if that's the situation, you're going to be put to use here, purposeful. And service would be a damn good thing to try every once in a while. Instead of reading so many books and doing all these practices, help someone else out. Yeah? Not someone you know, but someone like a stranger. Go to a soup kitchen or something. And you'd have probably a bigger experience doing that than going on a five day retreat. 
Because you'd help somebody else. You'd be giving you'd be giving that valuable quantity of your time to somebody. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. That's one of the first things I noticed when I started doing talks at non-recovery groups was they uh, they could use to do some service. They were getting too absorbed in trying to figure this thing out. And if they would just help someone they didn't know, you know, like do a service, they would come out of self and then they'd have, they'd have the real hint of what it feels like not to be so absorbed and their mind could familiarize with that and, and remember that until it got to a point where, it, you know, Well, the cloud was there both ways. There, there, well, I'm just saying, I was using that as an example, not about cloud. And no, I know, but I want to know what I, I don't understand that part about going above. Because here, in this one fixed identification as a body, you're put in a position where the clouds can block you off from the light, let's say. I'm not saying just clouds, okay, you know what I mean? Yeah, Thoughts, I I feelings, yeah, everything yeah. like that, yeah. Okay. Then, so if, if you, instead of trying to take a rocket ship as this, onto the other side, you just realize you're not that, you may find that you are on the other side, and that you've always been on the other side, and that this, you can never not be on the other side. While appearing as this, this is what we're of, yeah? But then you guys have to kind of like not even see it as an issue, a non-issue, let's say, just whatever's coming forward. Oh yeah, that's what happens, but I'm saying when, I'm trying to just produce a picture, to get something across. Which I did, I guess. Yeah, you did. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's all that. It's just, you're just trying to trigger the mind to have a little aha here and there. Yeah, well, like the Zen bitch slap, <laughs> as we call it. You know? that's, the, that's why we use that title. Yeah, just a little wake up. Mm. Whack them. And I like slapping people anyway. <laughs> so <sort of> enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions? One down. What? One down. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I knocked her out. Yeah. <laughs> um, what she said reminded me of something I've read in an AA meeting, which just blew me away. If this guy was listing all these horrible things in his life, and he said, then I thought, what if I just let this be okay? Because it was so foreign. It is so foreign to my impulse, you know, my, my gut reaction to any kind of adversity. You know, I find that I'm often very comfortable in victimhood, and so I thought, wow. So I'm working on that. And I'm just letting something be okay. And it's, it's a mild example, I think, of what you're talking about. Well, you know what? This is, because this is a subjective experience, everything I say is being made into something else. So, you know, my job is just to throw it out there. Because I've had a lot of people come up and say, I really like what you had to say and explain it to me, and that's not what I was meaning when I said it. But it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, this is the way this place is. You just throw it out there. And it's more of the energy, anyway, of the room, and all of us together. In the, in the, in the 12, you know, the 12-step programs, we have a tradition 
that says uh, there's a loving God that is expressing itself through our group conscience. This is what satsang is, the association with truth. Yeah? You get together, and there's something magnifies that maybe by ourselves we wouldn't feel, but we get together and it becomes easier to feel. And it's all just to remind you that you are that. Yeah, Not to go try to acquire it, but to get to a point where you realize you are that. You're the bringer of it. You didn't, get, you didn't come here and get it. You brought it here. Yeah? The message is just a catalyst. The real message is the mind that hears it. That's the message. The message is just a catalyst. That's all. It's just like, because right now, in self-centeredness, if it's very powerful, the only male slot is a conceptual male slot. So, the language needs to be used, and so the message is written on the envelope, but the real message is in the envelope, and there's nothing in the envelope. So you get the message, and you keep reading it, and, and you say, oh, I know this, and you drop it, but then the raw mind gets the real message, yeah? Because if something's said and it stops the conditional mind, what's there is the raw mind, yeah? Or your, your natural mind state. And that gets the message. That's the aha. That's the unspoken yes. What unfortunately occurs is the other one keeps rising back up and goes home and thinks about it and makes it something. Yeah? But I've seen people in really the, the bottom throes of life, like drug addicts and this and that, and they get it. They hear this, and it's like an unspoken yes. But the thought system comes over and makes it much, very, very difficult for them to sustain any kind of entertaining it. Yeah? Because of the conditioning and the, and the, the depth of, and the weight of that, all that. Yeah? But the mind sees it immediately, senses it immediately, because it already knows. It's not giving it a new knowing. It's tickling something it already knows. Yeah, That's the whole point of a message. Why would someone want to invite you to this if you weren't? Yeah, it, would be, it would be another form of spiritual fucking sadism. You know? To make... Really. People would make this... They're making this stuff into... You know, I know when I first heard it, I used to be like... You know, I'd be with my girlfriend and I... She'd come home and say, Paul, you didn't do the dishes. And I'd say, well, there is no Paul. There's no Paul Paul to do the dishes. And she'd say, screw you. Do the dishes, you know. The mind wants to take advantage of everything it hears. And I've seen a lot of people just pretzel themselves out with this message of there's no self. I mean, it's freaking unbelievable. You know, what it can do. It's just incredible. So, this isn't spiritual sadism. You know, this... This is offered because it's already available. Yeah? That's the only way it could be honestly offered, is that it's already available. Yeah? You just maybe need to hear a little invitation. You maybe hear it in another way that it triggers something. But where you're going to find it is not in a meaning, but in you. Yeah? And where it's going to really actualize in your life, not at retreats, but in your day-to-day living. Everyone can run a beautiful program from a, from their living room. It's being out in the world, yes? Participating, having relationships, holding space for people, going, having people present un, unbelievable vice-like problems and just not offer them a solution. Just hold the space, yeah? Oh, Stuff like that. Tell them to go visit their parents. Hmm? Tell them to go visit their <laughs> yeah, you know? That's where it started until they were two years old. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much, you know. It just and it never looks like you thought it was going to look. You just find out, and uh, if, if it was up to you, you would have gotten rid of or jettisoned all the wrong stuff. 
<laughs> really. I mean, it's truly like laying on an operating table and letting it do its thing. And it's just like, you know, water, when it goes through a hose, let's say the water's going and it's just, nature is just a move. But while it's doing that, it's cleaning the hose. It's, I don't think it has the intention to clean a hose. That's just its quality, yeah? It's moving through the hose. And if you allow, if you play that role, it's going to clean you. That's as simple as that. And if you do service, you'll, be, you'll have... Because the message is much more important than the messenger. The help is much more important than the helper. Yeah? If you're willing to put yourself in a position to be used, you'll be used. And you'll see an aspect or a quality of life that hasn't been commandeered by you, by the self. Yeah? And it can do wonders. It can... It can just do freaking oneness for you. You'll come out of the ass of self and you'll really feel what it's like not to be so preoccupied. And so you'll recognize that it's your inherent absence is the presence you've been looking for. Yeah? And give up the idea that you're going to be there to get it because you're not. You know that, that old joke Ramesh Balsakar used to tell that he's at a spiritual group like this and he said, all right, here's the deal. You can have a million dollars or enlightenment. Which one do you take? So everyone raised their hand and said, enlightenment, enlightenment, enlightenment. He says, well, I'd take a million bucks because at least I'll be there to enjoy it. (laughs) I sort of agree with that. Take the million bucks. (laughs) I got one now. Do you have a question? I got one now. This girl and this guy are going out. And uh, they've been having a very volatile relationship. A lot of it's really good, a lot of it's really bad. And finally, the girl's had enough, yeah? She's going home, over there to break up. And so she gets there and she says, I'm leaving. And he says, I'm coming with you. <laughs> That's like the selfie. That's like the selfie. Yeah. I'm leaving. I'm coming with you. (laughs) That's pretty much like it, really. I put my foot down. I'm going on the path. I'm coming with you. <laughs> I'm not going to miss anything. <laughs> See, with the sirens sing you, and you're not that, you won't look back. Yes, you won't look back if it's not about you. If it's not about you, you'll be able to. If you look back, you turn into Saul. Like in that old Bible story, really. That's what happens. If you look back, God said, don't look back, but then it's a, oh, and then it turn into Saul. Become an idea again, a mental idea. Become hard, nounish, instead of flexible and verbish. Yeah? It's all about you, instead of just all about. Totally different feeling. And that feeling's going to be there all day. Yes, you'll either be traveling lighter or traveling heavy. That's how it goes. Find what's causing you to be heavy, and that gives there's the possibility of traveling lighter. Yeah? If it's not you, then that traveling lighter can stabilize. If it's you, then you're going to have lots of ups and downs. Some days you'll be traveling lighter, 
Some days you'll be really bummed out, and you'll both of, you'll believe both of them are real when neither of them are real. It wasn't you that was bummed out, and it wasn't you that was traveling so great. It's just traveling later. It's nothing to do with you. Yeah, that's when it stabilizes. If you want, if you want to be the one that's really feeling great, you're going to have to be the one that doesn't feel good. You can't have one without the other. That's the way it goes here. It's a dualistic, you know, just the way it works. So you abstain from one. There's an absence to the other. Then a whole other reality, like you're being placed in a position of neutrality, sets up. Yeah, you're not regretting the past or shutting the door on it. You're doing this. You're doing that. Yeah, and you'll know it, man. You'll sense it. You won't have to get verification from anyone or read a book and get it verified. You'll have an unspoken yes in your own gut. And one day, you've got to be the final authority sometime in your life, you know? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, since you said the old meaning is from the past, and it seems to me that the self really fuels its existence on narrating, right? And narrating is all about, I'm in a story, and the story is this happened, and this happened, and this happened. So... So it seems like one of the best things to do would be to just remember that today is the thing, and let go of it. Well, you don't even need to remember today, because you're in it, right? Right. You don't need to remember. So the more you're in it, the less self there is telling the story that there wasn't. Well, the more you're in it, how many times when you're really in the moment do you have a memory of it? Very rarely. You see? The memory plays a huge role in the sense of self. Yeah. When you're not present, you have a lot of memories. I was once in this place in Burma where this beautiful, this place called Pagan, and it's the 5,000 temple sites on this arid plain. It's like one of the wonders of the world. You know, they built, this this insane king went crazy, and all his his, his, uh, ancestors for 300 years, all they do is build Buddhist temples. 5,000 of them in this giant plain. And so you go there, and at night, when the sun's going down, you can watch the sunlight hit all the spires. It's really something else. One day, there's all these dirt roads, there's this big bus coming, and this big cloud of smoke coming, and it comes all over, and all these dirt roads, pulls up right at this temple, and we were at that one, sitting on the, on the pagodas, waiting for the sun, and all these Japanese tourists got out, they walked right up to the temple, turned around, and the guys took these pictures, and then they got back in the bus. <laughs> they left, and, they, and I'm sure they went home and said they saw these temples, but did they actually see the temples? No, they didn't fucking see the temple. They went, turned right around, got a picture with the temple. Now they have the memories for life, but did they have the sense? No, I don't think so. That's what it's like. If you're really living a full life, you don't remember it. That's why when I go home, people don't even ask me anymore, how was the trip? Because I can't, ex- well, I don't know what the fuck happened, really. Well, I'm here, I can't put, I, there's no way I can get this. You know, I can't tell anyone how it felt. Yeah? Because it's nothing. It's not quantitative. You can't grab it. You can't put it on a spiritual mantle and say, look at this giant spiritual epiphany I shot, you know, at the fucking, uh, you know, in uh, whatever, Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, it was such a high night. It was so high, I reached great heights of awareness. Who the hell did that? Nothing. It's like blank. Why? So the next thing can be written. You know, if you stop and look back, you'll miss the whole invitation now. Yeah? Yeah? So when it falls away, does it fall away and it's fallen away? Well, actually it doesn't fall away. The idea of you hoping it to fall away has fallen away. And the, and the, the, the idea of you 
afraid of it coming back falls away. <laughs> so when the ment- it's like the mentality is like a big it's like a big tub of water, yeah? That's moved by duality. Like this, yeah? And there's there's this little ball on the top called this action figure, and your mental your mental process is claiming you're that. And so things go good, things go bad. And you move this way, and then you believe you're the one who did it. You moved over here, and then you moved over there, and you moved over here, and you moved over there. But you never leave the state of the water. All of the shenanigans are going on in the surface of the water, and you're interested in attention because you think that's what you are is there. But you're the water that has never nothing's happened to the water. There's just been this one movement, so. It fell away from me for that day. Oh, it's reattached that day. Fell away, reattached. Yes, it's gonna. It can tell a story of this and that, but basically nothing happened. You're not that ball that's being moved by this and moved by that. You're the water that it's happening in. Yeah, it's much different. Yeah, you don't try. That's what happens with a lot of people. They feel like they felt it and then they unfeel it. Yeah. That's the mental movement of mind. It's the selfing. It's like it's, it has you thinking you're the ball, and then you felt it, and then ah, uh, and you wish you had a way to anchor yourself there. But then, just like it's gonna, the duality goes this way, and then you whoa, I don't want to leave that, and then this way, and this way. But in fact, the water never nothing happened to the water. It's just there, as always. Yeah. So this is more contextual. My mind still has that. I still see that movement of mind, but it doesn't navigate my day. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to wait. There's nothing to wait for. You don't have to have anything to stop. You really don't. You don't have to anything to stop. It can be exactly how it seems to be right now because it ain't. <laughs> yeah. And if it, if it truly isn't, when, why does it have to change? Yeah. Talk about acceptance. I don't believe it's very. I don't think I can come to accept anything. I think that's a byproduct of of giving up the ghost in a way. When you realize, because the selfing is all accepting and rejecting. That's all it is. Yeah, it's all desiring to become and unbecome. It's the whole dualistic movement, and yet it's it's what it is. It's the whole dualistic movement, and it's made this imaginary little. Step that it's like the teeter totter is there. You're the you're the act. You know the teeter goes this way that, but you're that. It's made up. It's not that way. Yeah. It's like it's like putting a flagpole in the water and saying this is the river. Yeah, where the water is streaming by it. Where's what river? Where is the river? <laughs> this is the river. <laughs> All right, sure. You want to live like that? You can be that. Because then the water's going to seem to be hitting you all freaking day. <laughs> yeah. What word would you change for, uh, substitute for accept? <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want to change the words. Accept's fine. What I'm saying is that maybe you can try to practice acceptance. My experience was coming from the sense of self, there's no acceptance. It's just toleration, basically. And... To me, acceptance is just a byproduct of if the mind gets unagitated, yeah, it tends to accept. Just the way it goes. Is, is acceptance pointing at, I don't know, another way to put it, but aloofness, like something happens and it's like... It's not aloofness because you are so fucking engaged. Love? Love could be a quality, could be a quality, 
But there could be a lot of aspects happening. But you're totally engaged. It's not aloof at all. <laughs> aloof is like a, a mental disassociation. This is a total engagement. Yeah? I mean, you're more alive than ever. You're more of an individual than when you thought you were an individual. <laughs> Seriously. Your weirdest shit comes, you know, it's just <laughs> pretty And you feel every freaking second. The body sensations. I understand why I wanted to be loaded, really. Because when I was getting loaded, it was just a body, and I had a couple of emotions. Yeah. Now, every second, I have a, I'm aware of like thousands of stimulations going on while I'm sitting here. Tons of different feelings. And when Dr. Bob worked on me, tons of feelings and stuff like that. And you know what? If, if, if you took yourself to be the one that it was happening to, it would be way fucking too much. You'd want to have a drink. You'd want to take a pill. You'd like to watch about eight hours of fucking a lousy movie. Anything to distract yourself from it. But if, if the emphasis is on the scene, every one of those stimulations is pointing to the scene instead of to that fucking idea of being a self. You're the consciousness of all that, all that stimuli. Yeah? It's unbelievable. You have to see this. It's really trippy. Because here's the head, and the head is trying to claim everything to point to this idea of you. But when that drops, everything that's happening, every conscious contact, is pointing to the consciousness that's in contact. Everything. Thousands and thousands and thousands of feelings, thoughts, yes, wind, vague sense of this and that, energy, which you weren't feeling much at all before, feeling energy that you don't see come in, yeah? See, feel the movements of energy, sensing people, all this, all this stuff starts happening because it's not you. If it was you, you'd blind out most of it. You wouldn't be able to handle all the stimuli. But awareness can handle anything that comes in front of it. The seeing of it is never affected by what's being seen. Never! Exactly. Nothing, it doesn't have any effect on what's seen. But when you are, when you take yourself to be an object, most of our time we're trying to limit what we're feeling, basically. Even or by trying to control what we're feeling or hoping to feel different. We're trying to get out of the basic state that we're naturally in, which is consciousness and contact. You know, maybe it would have been easier if there was only one gate, but there's six gates. Would there be any difference if somebody shot you and the bullet went through your body and you felt it? But is there any? I don't know. I did, it hasn't happened yet. I have to. You'd have to be there, just like someone the other day said. Are you afraid of sharks? And I said, not now. I must have been <laughs> You know, gets that practical. No, I'm not afraid of sharks. I'm not in water. And I know water and sharks go together. So, you know, now, if I was in water, maybe. I don't know. You know what I mean? You don't know. That's the beauty. You don't know. But whatever response, whatever the response is, isn't actually you. That's the good news. You're the seeing of everything. You got the bird's eye view of the whole enchilada. Yeah? I'll tell you, man, seriously, every second of every day, the body's changing. Yeah? Every second, tons of stuff's happening. Yeah? For someone to say, I feel good, it could only be for a second. It could be, there could be feelings, it can feel unbelievably different in one second. It can feel different in one part of the body. It's feeling different, and then there's the energies. 
that you're feeling. And there's just fucking mental winds from other people that you're sensing. I'm telling you, this is a kaleidoscopic event going on here. Yeah? And there's no way a fixated locale, a mental idea put on a physical flagpole called a body, can bear it. And yet, that's its inherent nature, consciousness. Yeah? To try to, to, try to be what we are and, and then submit to what we appear to be is a, a yeoman's bit of work, man. Because consciousness, the body would rather shut a lot of shit down. Yeah? The mind would like to shut a lot of shit down. Consciousness has, is pure acceptance. Whatever's arising is being noted. Yeah? <laughs> it's not like, oh, I don't want to note that. It's, it, has no, it has no discrimination on that level. It sees. That's its nature. I don't say it's awareness that's appearing as consciousness to me. Because consciousness can be defined by what it's moving through. There's human consciousness and bird consciousness and insect consciousness. But this is awareness that's moving through this form of consciousness called human consciousness. But it can, it's not defined by the human consciousness in this invitation. Yeah? You can sense consciousness here. You can sense the, the, the nature of awareness that's not minimizing what's happening. That not, that's not, doesn't have selective intelligence working where it's putting only 5,000 bits of information. You're, you're going to get a much larger picture of what's going on. It can be fucking uncomfortable for a while. You know? People who say that everything's rosy and stuff, oh, I'd love to be I'm telling you, man. I don't know. Don't be people careful what you wish for, really. <laughs> you know? So, but it's so. To be alive like you were when you were a kid, it's a joyous thing. You know? To, to be satisfied and not be not be a, a slave to finding it is this lovely thing. To have wonder and awe come back and become a common theme of your day, you know, and have the ability to pause and really pause and be and notice what is calling your notice, like a bird or a you know, like today I heard the cardinals outside and a woodpecker. Yeah, I haven't don't see cardinals much in California. Incredible song. So you go out there and you give it attention. That's what it's. That's its invitation. Yeah. But what happens if if you're in selfing, you're enslaved to time. Yeah. Even if you ran into peace, you probably wouldn't be able to enjoy it because you'd be wondering, will it be there tomorrow? Yeah. Everything. All we, everyone's being pushed. It's like we're a giant herd, and this like the cattle prod is time. Everyone is moving, and we can't seem to stop because we got to get here. I saw people driving today. These guys were fucking screaming down the New Jersey Turnpike. You know what I mean? And I loved this this one guy because he was doing all these moves, and he still couldn't get ahead of anybody. You know, it was like self will run riot, and he didn't go anywhere. It was incredible to watch. <laughs> and he was way back there. <laughs> and then some of us we slow and steady. We just keep going. <laughs> You know, it's a perfect metaphor for this situation. But time, if this is become, is this the dominant navigator of your life? You're drenched in time. You're drenched in time. Yeah? Every thought is drenched in time. And every thought, if it's held as yours, you're drenched in time. You're the one that's giving it all that meaning. Yeah? So you can't stop and smell the roses because you have an appointment you have to do. And then none of us ever look at, well, where is it all going to end up? What's it all, what's it all being added up to? 
when all these invitations I've, I've dismissed and said no to for what? You know, to me it's a form of slavery. It's a form of slavery. It's like a parasite that's convinced all the hosts that it's the host. Yeah. You can't entertain being free of it, so now we try to socialize it. And you know, it's like that old story about the snake. You know, the lady saves it and then puts it in the shoebox and feeds it with a feeder eyedropper and then puts a nice comforter on it and then picks it up one day and it bites her and she goes, what? Why did you bite me? Hey, I'm a snake. That's what I do. What's, you know, what do you expect? A parasite is a parasite. And this is a a parasitical movement of mind. It doesn't have life, so it takes one. Yes? It convinces you, the host, that you're, you're the parasite. And now you're living an interpretation which is the life of the parasite, basically. And what's at loss is what your real nature is. It seems to be forgotten and unable to be accessed. Because we're trying, if we try to get to it, we try to get to it through the parasite. And that's the last thing it's going to lead you to. Because that's where it's obviously not so. Yeah? It'll have you running around and around and around, but all the while feeding off of you, doing and having and living on false hope, instead of recognizing that the system you're relying on has failed, that's never going to change. Yeah? That's time to get off the dead horse. You know, and entertain something else. That's what this is. It's just entertaining. I have faith in your minds. I know. You know already. You know? You don't need to be subjected to, to purifications and tortures and extreme, you know, this and that. All you need to do is let it in, entertain it during your day, and see if it starts working for you. If it does, keep entertaining it, yeah? Maybe just start with the thinking. Am I the thinker? If you're not the thinker, you may not take all the thoughts so seriously. Yeah? Then you'll start seeing the principle. Once you see the principle, expand it to feeling, you know, hearing, all of that. And instead of all the emphasis on, I'm going to change what I'm hearing, or I'm going to change what I'm feeling, just see if there's a feeler. See if there's a hearer. If there isn't, you may not have to change a damn thing. They may just change it all themselves because they've been given all the meaning by us. We're giving it the meaning. They're not giving us the meaning. There is no thing here that has in its own existence and its own quality. It's the mind's meaning that's coming back. Yeah? You see it once, it's a principle. Just like they used to say that statement, you know, you see the one drop of the ocean, you saw the whole ocean in it. Who was it, Gavil Gibran or something? That's exactly what it is. One example of that you are giving all the meaning it has shows you that you are giving everything all the meaning that it has. Yeah? One example, expand to, that's what's happening. I'm giving everything all the meaning it has. What are you going to do with that? Let it sink in. Okay. Victimhood, bye-bye. Blame, bye-bye. It's not working. It's all coming from me. Let it finally roost, settle, and then start, things start getting get revealed. That's what goes on. Yeah. And it's not like an empty advertising that after five lifetimes, it'll hit Pater. You start feeling a lightness quickly. Yes? Do you know what I mean? I mean, as a business, spirituality's got the greatest freaking business plan. 
It doesn't have to deliver any goods. He'll say, it may take 20 lifetimes to get Jesus Christ. How are you ever going to return that? Hey, this isn't working. Well, you're only on your first lifetime. You've got 19 more to go. Jesus Christ. I mean, really, if it was a business, it should have been closed. Really. All the spiritual factories, they should be closed already. They're not producing the goods. They're just trying to sort of tweak around with the way we're looking. They're not... The seeing is the solution. The best they can do is this to uh, correct the distortion of the way we're looking now, but then if they're really good messages, you take both glasses off. You throw the ones that corrected the distortion, and you throw the distortion. But we're taking the first set of glasses as our eyes. We're identified as the way we're seeing. We think it's me seeing. Yeah? So we're always stuck with this one pair, and we're trying all these different pairs. We're going to all these spiritual optometrists, trying to find the white. It corrects for a while, but then it gets distorted again. Why? Because the first one keeps distorting the solution. It gives meaning to it. And so the solution suddenly becomes a problem. Then you've got to find another solution. Yes? What happens is, if it works really good, it questions the first glasses. They're a pair of glasses. As soon as you entertain that, you can take them off. They're not your eyes, you know? Now you're seeing again. And the, and the hit will be, it's always been this way. Nothing happened. Something just was obscuring it. Nothing happened to the seeing. Yeah? Boom. The, the looking is you has to have time to formulate. The seeing needs no time. The correction of the seeing is, it takes no time. Boom. Yeah? I'm getting feisty now. <laughs> That's it, eh? Any more questions? Going once, twice. We're going to be somewhere tomorrow, two Saturdays, so make sure you don't go there. <laughs> We're going to be the same thing. <laughs> yoga on me. Paul will be yoga on me tomorrow. Does anybody know what time that starts? Seven to nine. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm really happy. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So it's a privilege. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thanks, bro. Thank you, Erica. Thank you, Erica. Yes. Thank you. Erica. It was easy to get me to here, but it's gonna hard. It's gonna be hard to get me out of this house, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bed's beautiful. Yeah.